Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Red Sox here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, founder of Girl at the Game, and my apologies for being a little bit MIA, but moving during a pandemic with a five-month-old puppy and getting a COVID vaccine is no easy feat. I am totally beat like the Boston Red Sox were last night. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I am joined today by my friend, host of Locked On Blue Jays, AJ Andrews, to recap the mini series that ended last night. AJ, thank you for being here with me. Misery loves company, doesn't oh, it? Oh, doesn't it? Doesn't it indeed? Oh my God. We're not, I think we should just preface this episode by telling our listeners that neither of us is just, we're not doing great today, are we? No, my city <laughs> just entered a four week lockdown because people are stupid and don't realize vaccination does not mean you're immune. And yeah, they spread the variant all over the city. And now I don't get to go on vacation in two weeks because I'm locked down in my apartment. I'm in such a good mood. Yes. And I got my first dose of the COVID vaccine today and then promptly holed up in my apartment on the couch because my arm isn't moving. <laughs> At all. That, that's not good. <laughs> no, not great. Not great at all. Feels uh feels terrible. Anyway, we are here. We're we're gonna get through it together, which is exactly why we wanted to do an episode together because neither of us really wanted to be alone. We're here and the Red Sox and Blue Jays just met for the first time this season. And we're gonna talk about this two-game series that they split, and we're gonna go through the so far, we won't call them disappointments. We'll call them underperformers. And then we'll talk about the players who have exceeded our expectations. And of course, we're first going to start by talking about this mini series that uh, the Red Sox won the first game and the Blue Jays last night won the second game. AJ, Just, your initial thoughts. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm going to call them disappointments because they've done nothing but disappoint me. And <laughs> I'm I'm not in the mood to mess around. So, yeah. Stay tuned for segment number two. But yeah, it was it was obviously the first series between the two. Um, a split is probably the best that the Blue Jays could ask for, given that they have an entire pitching staff on the IL right now. And we're now buying pitchers from Arizona just to try and fill out the roster because everyone is injured. But to see how the bullpen day worked in that Wednesday game and just just every link in the chain doing enough to get through it, including a guy who I swore I did not want to see start a game for Toronto unless absolutely necessary. Well, it's been absolutely necessary lately that Tommy Malone appears in the lives of the Blue Jays. So the fact that he was a part of that seven man chain gang that got us through Wednesday's, uh, I, I, it was more nail-biting than it should have been because, my God, Blue Jays' Twitter was tense on that Wednesday game. Like, we, we all thought it was like, here we go again. So, yeah, to come away from that with a split, and, like, I had already written off the Tuesday game because Eduardo Rodriguez was starting, and no matter what, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to stymie the Blue Jays. So, 
I'm happy with the split. I'm not happy with the team, but I'm happy with the split. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, and I mean this with all due respect because you know I love your team and you know I adore you, but did the Blue Jays win last night's game or did the Red Sox gift wrap that for the Blue Jays with a pretty little bow on top? Because between the terrible pitching of the Red Sox last night for the majority of that game and the fact that they left something like eight or nine batters on base and were something like in the eighth inning, I think they were two for 11 with runners in scoring position. I think that was a little bit more of the Red Sox losing a game and the Blue Jays just capitalizing on the Red Sox being in bad form last night. Oh, my God. Blue Jays tried, though. They tried to give it right back. I mean. Oh, yeah. I'm not every- saying that. We were, we were like, here, would you like a win? And they were like, um, no, no, you keep it. You maybe need it more. We'll, we'll get back to you in like six innings. Maybe oh, we'll my- see. Um, Every time Cabin Vigio threw a ball from third base, I I winced. Just get the ball to him in the air, Cabin. I I know it's hard. I play third base. I skip my throws all the time. I know it's difficult, but you got to make it at least playable for the guy. Throwing that ball away, um, that Marwin Gonzalez grounder, and letting Christian Vasquez go to third. So second and third. Just, uh nerve-wracking in a one-run game to continuously see the Blue Jays make errors on defense that are unnecessary. Marwin's not that fast. You don't have to rush your throw. You can take a second, plant, and fire, and if he if he beats it out, he beats it out. Great. Don't hand free bases to the opponent, especially an opponent with a lineup as opportunistic as the Red Sox. Well, they certainly weren't opportunistic last night. They were like the literal opposite. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you, Alex Verdugo, for having the worst game of your life. You deserve it. But yeah, it's like I said, I will take it at this point. It ended a three-game losing streak that frankly was starting to get embarrassing. Just the anemic displays that were put out by the offense. Like at least they crossed the five-run barrier. That's a win on itself. Alejandro Kirk got a hit. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. got a hit. Marcus Simeon went two for four. Those are victories in themselves from the Wednesday night game. Because my God, the offense has been terrible. Look, I'm all for you guys winning games. I would just appreciate if you did it when you weren't playing my team. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it's it's okay. The Red Sox are 12 and 7. They're first place in the league. Um, they can afford to lose a game as long as it doesn't you know, trickle into this four game series that they've got going against the Mariners. But I will say, even when you are the best team in the league, in the American League right now, it's April 22nd. And it still concerns me when the situational hitting is bad. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that we've seen from the Red Sox a lot over the last few years of they will get those opportunities, whether it's from crafty hitting or getting on base with like a walk or, you know, just what, however you may get on base, but then your teammates just leaving you there. And in my opinion, it doesn't matter how many runs you're up by. You can never have too many. And it's still, there's still never any excuse for leaving the bases loaded when you barely had to work to get those bases loaded in the first place. I mean, you guys were serving up those base runners to the Red Sox on a silver platter last night. 
I mean, granted, maybe they felt bad because Garrett Richards was just handing out free passes like a hall monitor, but like the the fact that they only got four runs off them for that, that in itself was like, can can we get can we get a little more insurance? Because I know we're gonna need it because this is a bullpen game. And you can't expect seven guys to all be on on target. And like I said, I knew Tuesday that three-run shot from Xander was like, okay, this is jam done because they're not getting anything off of Eduardo Rodriguez. And if their name wasn't Bo Bichette or Randall Grichuk, they did not. And like, it's, it's just frustrating to try, try and watch that and, and continuously see them just flail at, at the plate. Like, the Red Sox are 12 and 7. As you said, they're winning. They're doing enough. The Blue Jays aren't doing enough. Hyunjin Ryu, the second he gave up that three-run shot, that was another loss in his books because there was no way that the Blue Jays were able to get anything in support of him. And I am very thankful for Josh Taylor showing up and, and providing that insurance last night because, like, honestly... I, I thought it was going to be a, a, a sweep and there was going to be some big problems emerging. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You can join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day on Locked on Red Sox. This is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the Red Sox and any other sport that you're interested in. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the Red Sox. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you can imagine from engine control modules and brake parts to motor oil to water pumps with bearings inside them that don't explode in your car and then you have to get it towed and then it's an $800 bill. (sighs) But I digress. rockauto.com has what you need. In a few easy clicks, they deliver it directly to your door and you will find what you need very quickly because their catalog's unique. It's easy to navigate. You see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose a brand specifications and prices you prefer. And you know it's going to be a reliably low price because rockauto.com gives the same reliably low price to whoever finds their unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. So don't spend twice as much. Don't wait until your water pump explodes and then you have to try and figure out which part in the car is uh, is the part that exploded. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And when they ask, how did you hear about us? Right locked on in there so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft, get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th to May 1st. All right, so I don't want to end this episode on a low note. So what we're going to do first is we're going to talk about the biggest like disappointments, stressors, underperformers, and then end the episode on a high note by talking about 
standouts, the positive players. Um, the, guy, the, the guys who don't make us want to tear our hair out. Exactly. The guys who don't make me scream at my TV. Exactly. So not Garrett Richards. <laughs> yeah, no. I have a feeling he's going to be mentioned here. Oh, he will be. Well, we'll start with you. Because I know you have a lot to say on this topic. I was, I was about <laughs> to say, do you want to start with me? Because we may not finish. Because my, my God, there are so many names on this list that I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't know. I may need to give you give you some space in between just so I can catch my breath. But you know what? I'm going to start with the pitching first because my pitching list is a lot shorter. First of all, Ross Stripling, prior to going on the IL, 13 hits given up in eight and a third innings. When you're a starter that can't average five innings a game, that's a sign you're not a starter. And we knew that about Ross Stripling, but he has to start because injuries. TJ Zoic has gotten two of those starts in 12 innings. The sinker baller has given up 16 hits and five home runs, despite primarily his calling card being he gets ground balls. He has not gotten ground balls, and now he's on the injured list. So what are we doing there? I'd be remiss not to mention Big Diesel himself, Tanner Roark. He of the 643 ERA and the banishment from the starting rotation, despite actually being a healthy starter. Um, haven't seen him in a spot where he can try and say, say he's getting things back on track because um, his relief appearance, he gave up uh, hits to the first two batters he faced and got a couple more runs charged to, I believe, uh, Anthony Kay who also wasn't great in that game. But, you know, at, at least the pitching staff as a whole has been pretty good at 314 ERA amongst the squad. That's better than we expected given some of the issues. And I'll, I'll talk about some of those guys making me happy in the last segment, but I have to start with the pitching just to get that out of the way. <laughs> I hear you. You know, based on the 2020 Red Sox and the 2019 Red Sox, that I can relate to having just everybody and their mother on the injured list um, and just trying to fill the gaps. I mean, if you have to pick up a pitcher from the Diamondbacks, you know you are in a pinch. We've picked up so many pitchers from the Diamondbacks. I, I, I had literally never heard of this guy Jeremy Beasley. Apparently he was an Angels prospect who the Diamondbacks signed and then DFA'd. And the Blue Jays like, yeah, we'll give you a thousand bucks. I don't know. Some some Rogers bucks. I don't know what they paid for Jeremy Beasley, but apparently he's at the alternate site now. And Thomas Hatch is now on the 60-day IL, another arm that, you know, we were kind of like, yeah, maybe he'll be good for us. No, he won't be good. I mean, I will say, though, let's be real. The best disappointment so far this season has been the New York Yankees, and I'm thrilled. Oh, my God. That is, Isn't it delicious? That is the sole thing, sole thing that's sustaining me right now is the panic in New York that they are dead last. Literally, as we are recording this right now, it's 6.42 p.m., and our friend Stacey Gatsoulias, who hosts Locked On Yankees, just tweeted, can I turn this off? So I haven't looked at the score. I don't know what's going I, on, but I know I can, that she's unhappy, and that means the Yankees are not doing well. And as much as I adore Stace, they, you feel better when they're not doing well. <laughs> they've recalled garbage person Domingo Herman ah. to start this game. And 
he's not out of the first inning yet. He's given up four hits and three earned runs. So they're losing three, nothing to Cleveland right now. Also, Herman has an error because he threw away a ball that was hit right to him. So what you're saying is that maybe you shouldn't recall domestic abusers. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should just cut them. Maybe, maybe they just shouldn't be in baseball whatsoever. Inning finally ended, by the way. And yeah, domestic abusers aren't worth it. All I know is that there are plenty of mediocre to terrible pitchers in this game who don't beat their wives. So if you're looking for a guy who's going to give up runs, you could probably find one who can do the same thing Domingo Herman did, but without the domestic abuse. Mm. Yeah, like Garrett Richards. You know, that hurts. That's the snark I love from you, <laughs> but it hurts because you know what? I genuinely don't understand how the Red Sox gave that guy $10 million. I could do what he does for like 0.01% of the price. I could do that for free. Oh, you put me on a mound, I, I can do that. Don't sell yourself short, Gad. At least get 600000 out of it. I know. Well, major league minimum, you know, it's like what, 580K. All I know is Garrett Richards, like when you have a guy like Tanner Houck, yes, he's having a little bit of a struggle right now. But when you have Tanner Houck at the alternate site and you're just letting Garrett Richards do that, you just kind of have to ask yourself what you're doing here because Garrett Richards is bad. He's Mm -hmm. bad. And he tried to blame it on the cold weather. And I was like, honey, Signed a deal with Boston. He had to know what he was getting into. It makes me think of like Clayton Kershaw warming up before the 2018 World Series at Fenway in a tank top. And I was like, dude, I get it. Because (laughs) I was living in LA at the time and I'm watching him on TV at my favorite ballpark at home. And he's warming up in a tank top. And I was like, look, we get it. You're from the West Coast, but you don't have to do this. Like, it's okay to admit that you're cold. Uh, Clayton Kershaw would never admit that. He's a Texas boy. He can't be. I know. He can't be shivering out there. But anyway, so we talked about your disappointments. I that Garrett Richards is definitely my biggest disappointment because on the whole, I have way less to complain about from this team than I thought I would. But Garrett Richards, I would understand it if you were doing well otherwise, but like he hasn't been that great in any of his starts so far. I think this is his fourth start, maybe his fifth. He's just, I mean, he came one walk away from tying a career high in walks last night. His career high walks in an appearance is seven and he had six. And I understand to a certain extent, you know, you don't want to tire out the bullpen before Seattle comes to town. You know, they also, they're one of the other like three teams that have, it's the Red Sox, A's, and Mariners as of like two days ago that all had 10 or more wins. So you don't want to tire out your bullpen before the Mariners come to town for a four-game series. But at the same time, this team, like the Red Sox had a chance to win this game last night. Actually, they had multiple chances to win this game. And Garrett Richards just stayed in way longer than he should have. And then as the game went on, Alex Cora did what he does a lot, which is mismanage his bullpen. If you if your team is in a one-run deficit going into the eighth or ninth inning, you put your actual closer out there and give your team a chance to come back. You put Matt Barnes out there. And I'm saying this knowing full well that a year ago, if I had heard myself say that Matt Barnes should be closing a game for the Red Sox, I would have sent myself to the hospital to have my head checked. <laughs> but he's earned it. 
Mm. He's earned it to the point where I drafted him for our fantasy league. Cora used mediocre to flat out bad pitchers last night to relieve Garrett Richards. Hirokazu Samura was great, but after that, I mean, Austin Bryce and Josh Taylor, those are the guys that you go with in a one-run game when the opposing team is putting runners on bases for you, giving you the chance to win this game. Like, you put in Darwins and Hernandez, or you put in Matt Barnes. Like, you don't put in Josh Taylor. Yeah, also burned Philip Valdez in, what was it, the seventh inning? And yeah, was he the seventh or the eighth? He was he phenomenal. Was seven. Yeah, like I would have been more afraid facing him in the ninth or Sawamura than Josh Taylor. My God. But you know what Garrett Richards' saving grace in last night's game was, Gab? He had to face the Blue Jays lineup. That's what saved him from not having a record-setting day at walks because this lineup is still garbage. Outside of Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Randall Gritchuk, what is there in this lineup to be excited about? Kevin Biggio is looking completely overmatched by fastballs, and he's hitting a buck 46. If he can't walk, he doesn't get on base. Rowdy Telez, Fenway killer himself, 0 for in the series, 0 for 5 overall. He's hitting a buck 63. Marcus Semyon, who was leading off until last night, had to have a two for four game to get his average up to a buck 92. And Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has fallen all the way to eighth, only saved from the bottom of the lineup because Danny Jansen literally can't get a hit if he was swinging the General Sherman at the plate and, and he's batting 192. The offense is so bad right now. It's been bad since the start of the season. I don't know if George Springer coming back is going to fix it and thank Atlantis that he's up and doing baseball activities because my god this offense needs something besides Bo and Vladdy to hang its hat on because this has been the problem for years they don't have any support no one can hit like when is George Springer coming back I don't know I don't know Mm. there's he's um they said he's playing a um a simulated game today I think um Mm. sorry yeah, and like an intra-squad game uh, on Friday is his next step. And then I think Nate Pearson's throwing in that game. So <sighs> hopefully, to quote Rise Against, help is on the way. They said, they said. Before we get into the upsides of our teams and the outperformers and the exceeding expectation players, I want to just shout out Phillips Valdez real quick because – This guy, I feel like he's a Red Sox secret weapon. Like, no one ever talks about him. He was actually one of the best pitchers that the Red Sox had last year. And I know that that's not saying very much because the Red Sox were, you know, hot garbage in the sun last year. But Phillips Valdez currently, as of last night, is holding opposing batters to an 0.69 average. He has pitched in seven games, nine total innings, only allowed two earned runs, and they came in one game. And aside from that one game, he has only allowed one unearned run total in his other six appearances. So, and he's only given up two hits to the last 29 batters he's faced. I I really don't know why Alex Cora doesn't use him any, like, 
in higher leverage situations. And maybe, maybe he has, he did complete the game in, in six of his seven appearances. I think the, um, Wednesday game was the first time he's actually come in and, and hasn't closed out a game, but the dude has the stuff like facing a three straight year. perfect appearances, three straight perfect appearances this year. And last year he had, um, he led the Red Sox in relief innings and it was tied for second most in MLB. He had 30.1 innings of relief work last year in a 60 game season, 24 relief appearances during a 60 game season is nothing to, you know, scoff at. So just wanted to give him, I know that kind of ventures into positive territory, but I just had to say it. <laughs> we we got to get on the upswing somehow, but right. Um, yeah, no, he, he knows what he has and he can, he can work it very well. That, that fastball change up slider mix he's got. Well, I don't know if you would bet on the Blue Jays, AJ. I would probably bet on the Red Sox. But if, regardless, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. And bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to betonline.ag or you. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Another thing you could be doing, though, is checking out some of these gorgeous rings that are available from BlueNile.com. Um, specifically, their 1010 collection. It's an exclusive set of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Um, my favorite is the one designed by Harwell Godfrey. Um, it's just got this lovely beveling um, in, the, in, in the pearls on the ring and then the little hexagon shape with the diamond inside. It's just classy as heck. Sadly, it does not come in my size. But if they were to make it in my size, I would, you know, try and convince some rich person to buy it for me. But if you want to impress the people in your life and make them feel that that kind of treasure be it for engagement purposes mother's day you accidentally burn down the kitchen with the toaster and need to make up for it whatever you need to do you can go to bluenile.com search the words 10 by 10 and get a high quality piece of jewelry that will surprise and delight the person in your life that you need to make up for burning the kitchen so search now 10 by 10 only at bluenile.com. The ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, AJ, let's wrap this up by uh, kind of trending positive here because there are some good things that we can say about, well, there's definitely a lot that I can say that's good about my team, but let's try to find something good that we can say about your team. I, I can say a couple things. I, I, did, I did pick out a couple things, so I just wasn't angry the entire time. But um, yeah. Um, can I just start by saying Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should be the AL MVP and Mike Trout can shove it? Because uh, 
Vladdy's going boom and doing exactly what we figured Vladdy could do. Heading into the series against Tampa Bay, he's batting 383 with four home runs and and a team tied leading 12 RBIs. More importantly, he's the only member of the Blue Jays starting lineup that actually has a positive walk to strikeout ratio. He's got 14 walks to 11 strikeouts. No one comes close because everyone else on this team swings at everything because they don't know how to take a pitch. But Vladdy is is the sparkling oasis in a desert of problems in that Blue Jays offense. And and Bo Bichette's starting to heat up too. He actually leads the team in home runs with five. So Bo's starting to come along and and Randall Gritchuk's been kind of keeping things afloat. He had that great series against the Yankees to start the season. But it's mostly Vladdy. Vladdy is my large adult son, and I will protect him with every ounce of my being and make sure that Mike Trout does not steal away another MVP vote just because, oh, he's got the war. No, Vladdy's freaking making athletic jumps and doing the splits at first base, just as valuable on defense. Give him the MVP. Well, see, I'm glad you found something. I'm glad because I, you know, I love your team. I will say there's obviously a ton of good things I could say about the Red Sox, but I'm going to give a shout out to Xander Bogarts instead of kind of going down the list because a, there's just a lot to cover and we don't have the time, but B, because I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad. I don't want to make you frustrated. And I say this with love, not to snark. I say this with hundred percent love. Xander Bogarts hit his first home run of the season in the first game of this mini series. And then he homered again last night and by doing so, his 119th and 120th career home runs, he first tied Red Sox legend Joe Cronin for fifth most home runs by a Red Sox shortstop. And then last night with his 120th, he passed him on the list. So the updated list of most homers by a Red Sox shortstop is Rico Petroselli with 210, Nomar Garcia Parra with 178, Vern Stevens with 122, John Valentin with 121, and now Xander Bogarts with 120. So it stands to reason that by May, he will be third on this list of most homers by a Red Sox shortstop in franchise history. And he's only 28 years old. It's amazing. It is. I was about to ask where Nomar was on that list because he's the only one I could think of. That, if he that hadn't would be gotten him. traded, he probably would have. <laughs> caught up to Rico, but we also might not have ever reversed the curse. So you never know. Um, But Bogarts, he is on pace for historic season in Boston. Last night was his 987th career game with the team. Um, So by early May, he'll be the 30th player in franchise history to appear in a thousand or more games with Boston Red Sox. And since the beginning of 2019, he had 45 home runs, which led American League shortstops and homers. And last night, that home run tied Trevor Story for most among MLB shortstops since the beginning of 2019. I just feel like all is right in the world when Xander Bogarts is doing Xander Bogarts things, you know, because he's really the linchpin of this team at this point. He's the longest tenured player on the team at this point. And I just, it doesn't feel right. Even if the team is winning, it doesn't feel right it feels a little bit off if Xander's not doing well too. And he has been doing incredible. Yeah. Can I, um, can I also give a shout out to one of the longest tenured members of the Blue Jays? And this is kind of sad because he made his debut in 2017. Go for it. Um, I want to shout out a few people in the bullpen. Um, Cause I'm going to save my Steven Matt's praise because 
y'all have heard me gush about Steven Matz for so long at this point. Like, I feel it's rubbing salt in the wounds. I was right about Steven Matz. Y'all were wrong. Eat it. Um, so there are three um, members of that bullpen that have really surprised me. Tim Meza um, is one. I was at the game in 2019 when his arm literally turned into wet spaghetti. Um, and then he missed 2020 with Tommy John surgery. So we we were really wondering how he would actually handle coming back. And so far he's handled it very well. Five scoreless innings over seven appearances, six strikeouts, no walks from Tim Meza. He is hammering the strike zone. And for a team that really needed a second lefty option behind Ryan Barucki in the pen, having Meza come back so effectively is a big boost for that bullpen. Just having that second arm back there. And then I want to I want to shout out a couple guys who, you know, we did not think um, would be a factor in the bullpen, but they're they're earning their shots right now. And one of them is a guy we actually talked about the last time we did a crossover, um, Joel Pamps, because now I can see why you guys really wanted to try and sneak him through waivers because he's been really good for us. Um, eight and a third innings pitched. Uh, He's only given up the one run. It was that walk-off home run to Sal Perez in Kansas City. So, bit of a bummer, but um, crafted a 108 ERA so far. Um, five strikeouts to one walk. Again, if you don't walk batters, I'm generally going to like you. Um, and then uh, the other one is the guy who kind of was uh, buried under the Walker Lockett waiver claim in the offseason. And that's Anthony Castro, who was claimed at the same time from the Tigers. And, um, you know, he's a fastball slider guy. And the Blue Jays saw enough in him to be like, yeah, we're going to stash him, see if we can't work with him a little bit. Because in Detroit, he's very wild. He did not have any kind of real control when he appeared. And he only made the one appearance uh, in 2020. And did not acquit himself very well. Uh, he actually, I believe he gave up a two-run home run uh, to Brett Phillips. And when you're giving up home runs to Brett Phillips, that's a sign you need to change things. But so far, so good in Toronto. Um, he's made four appearances, worked five innings, only given up three hits. He struck out four. Um, so when you have a whip of 0.6, and again, you don't walk people, that gets you in, in my good book. So for a couple guys that were on the fringe of the 40 man putting in work like that, that makes me very happy. And it makes this pitching staff just more complete aside from the fact that, you know, we only have three starters at the moment. Well, I'm glad you found things to be positive about because you know what they say. Um, the energy you receive is the energy you put out, but I'm going to end today on a bit of a snarky note because I just saw a really fun, rivalry stat from Sarah Langs of MLB. She tweeted, the Yankees have not overcome a three-run deficit to win a game yet this year. They're 0-7 when trailing by three runs at any point. They were 3-19 and when trailing by three or more runs at any point in a game last season. So you just absolutely hate to see it. You really do. <laughs> I I love, I love, Gab, how, how a lot of times when we do our Red Sox and Blue Jays episodes. We always end up snarking about the Yankees. It's, it's just so easy to do, especially when you use a garbage person as your starter and have Rudnett Odor on your team. You know, me personally, if I was 
Brian Cashman or Aaron Boone. And I had to choose between a bunch of terrible pitchers. I personally would choose the one that doesn't beat women, you know, because if none of them are good, at least I can live with myself not having chosen the wife beater. Mm. That's all. Just putting it out there. I, I mean, and to employ multiple garbage people. Oh, yes. Just, and pay them millions. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. And, and you know, give, um, use them to acquire starting shortstops. And then, like, uh, I don't know, just the whole thing is, ew. Let's just leave it at that because we could yeah. go on a whole episode about just that specific topic. But oh, yeah. the Red Sox are playing in three minutes. Oh, you have the day off. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> We have a four-game series against the Mariners, and those series are always stressful. So we're going to sign off. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1 and Locked on Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox. AJ is at A underscore J underscore Andrews, and Locked on Blue Jays is at Locked on Jays. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Wear a mask, get that vaccine. And as always, go Red Sox and go Blue Jays, except when they are playing each other. (laughs) Fair. 